Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're continuing our study in these 10 lessons. And of course, these were 10 lessons that, that I learned specifically in the decade of my 20s, uh, which I spent uh, in full-time ministry there um, in a few different ministries. But we are here today on lesson number six, and it is a really important lesson. And that lesson is, I think they're all important, right? That's that's one thing that I feel like I keep saying every single day, but I really feel like this is a really specifically important one. And this one is, is excellence for the Lord, not junk for Jesus. Once again, that's excellence for the Lord, not junk for Jesus. And this is a lesson that is, I, I think, difficult to learn many times. And I feel like it's a difficult lesson to learn because if you grow up in a, well, a Christian home that's a little bit more conservative, perhaps you grow up in a in a more rural place or a Midwestern place. And, um, I, you know, I don't, I mean, this podcast could go anywhere, but I'm somewhat anticipate that a lot of people are probably from around where where I live, and so they're probably in the Midwest somewhere, uh, listening to this. And, and as you 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 grow up, perhaps in that kind of a thing, you you find well, what's the cheapest way to do something? You know, what's the uh, the the most frugal way to accomplish a task? What's what's the, and then often when we go and we find that we we say it's the best way you know it's kind of a a joke with midwesterners is that if you go and you buy something new you have to tell somebody how much of a discount you got on it or what kind of a coupon you used uh in order to somehow justify what you did and you you know when you take that approach and you apply it into ministry or you apply it to Frankly, your life of service to God, whether you're in full-time vocational ministry or just serving the Lord in general, the the problem is is that that's not a really good recipe at all for worship. We we shouldn't be doing junk for Jesus. We we shouldn't be going and uh you, you know trying to find the the best cheapest deal for Jesus and trying to coupon Jesus. But but rather, what we should be trying to do is to find excellence for the Lord. That's really what we should be doing in our worship is that we should be finding excellence for the Lord. And so let me get into a couple passages of Scripture. Um, I've got about four passages of Scripture that I want to get to here this morning. And so let's start off with the two longer ones, and they're 1 Corinthians 6, verses 15 through 20. And it says this, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but who? But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, in whom you are not your own? For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 21, and it says this. 
Then the Pharisees went and they plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and that you teach the way of God in truth, nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness, and he said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. And they brought him a denarius, and he said unto them, Whose image and inscription is this? And they said unto him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. Now, these two passages of Scripture are very interesting, but they're, they're relaying the same truth, and that is that you are not your own. The first one we looked at, 1 Corinthians uh, 6, verses 15 through 20, it says it explicitly here, uh, for you are, you, you are not your own, for you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And of course, it goes and it says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and so this whole concept, this whole idea is that you are not your own. Your life is not your own own, and you, therefore, should glorify God in your body and in your spirit because they're God's, because they're His. And so what does that mean? It means no junk for Jesus. It means excellence for the Lord. You're to glorify God. You're to worship Him. You're supposed to do something big and great for God. What, what is the whole idea of shouts of grace? It is that God has a purpose for you in your life. And just as Zerubbabel was called to complete the work which God began there, which, which he started, he laid that foundation in the temple, and God said, look, but you're going to complete building the temple, but how is he going to do it? He's going to do it with a shout of grace. That was how Zerubbabel was to go and to complete his work. That's the idea here, is that you have something that God wants you to complete in your life, that God has something that he wants you to do in your life, and you need to do it and complete it with a shout of grace. You need to do it with a shout of grace. The second passage that we looked at is in Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 21, and Jesus goes, and of course he's being tested here, and so he takes a you know a coin and he says, says whose whose image and inscription is on this? Well, Caesar's. Okay, we'll render to Caesar things that are Caesar's. But then he says this, and to God the things that are God's. Well, whose image are you made in? Whose image is stamped on you? It's God's. What was Jesus saying? He was saying really he was teaching less about taxes and more about the idea that you have the image of God on your life. Therefore, you ought to give your life wholly over to God. That's what Jesus was getting at here in this passage. That was really the lesson that he was teaching. He, he didn't let uh, the Pharisees dictate the lesson that he was teaching. He had a bigger, more important lesson for them to learn. But, but the, the idea is the same here in these two passages. You're not your own, you're God's, and so therefore you ought to glorify God with your life. Your life ought to glorify God, which means you can't be doing junk for Jesus. Don't be going and trying to find Jesus the cheapest thing that you can possibly find, but rather what you should be trying to do is to do something big, something great, something grand, something of, of great splendor for God. Give him excellence. Give him excellence in your life. I don't know 
what God has called you to do in your life. I, I don't know what, what purpose and plans and good works he has in your life, but I do know this. He has them in your life. We, we, we find that out in Ephesians 2.10. He's pre- pre- prepared beforehand good works that you should walk in them. But I also know this. You can't really completely fulfill what God has called you to do without giving him excellence. You know, don't go through your life saying, well, it was good enough for government work because that that's not the question here. The question isn't, was it good enough for government work? The question is, is was it good enough for the King of Kings? What you're doing, is it a good enough present? Is it a good enough job for the King of Kings for whatever God has called you to do in your life? That's the question. Do it in such a way that the King of Kings is glorified. But let's look at the general exhortation here, because it's not just in these ideas of specific of your your life and your body is that, but but I mean, really, this idea of excellence for the Lord is seen uh, in Colossians chapter three, verses twenty-two through twenty-five. Bond servants, obey in all things your master according to the flesh. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive your reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Then also Ecclesiastes 9.10, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going. And, and now I know that's not necessarily a uh, an exciting way to end a passage there, to go and say, look, you're going to the grave, so you might as well do what you can do here because we all end up in the same spot. But there is obviously great truth to be found in these scriptures, and that is that, that you're not to be doing uh, eye service as men pleasers, but you're to be working with sincerity and heart. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Whatever God leads you to, whatever you're doing in your life, do it with all your might. This is an incredible idea to go and to look at, to not give junk for Jesus, but to give excellence for the Lord. You, you know, this lesson, um, I, I learned this in ministry, and where I really learned this was there were so many times early in ministry where it was there was a need that came up in the church. There, there was some kind of a, a, a need. We needed to buy this. We needed to buy that. We needed to get this. We needed to get that, whether it was for a new ministry, whether it was for an old ministry. And, and there was always a temptation to go and to find something that was used, that was used half off and came with a discount on top of that. And the problem was, was that you ended up just getting a lot of junk. And it ended up just being junk for Jesus. And then that kind of became just the the mindset of ministry was that you weren't striving to do something great for God because, well, you're just giving him junk, right? 
And then what ends up happening is you start to notice, well, faithfulness starts to drop off by those who, who, who said that they're going to be serving. Why? Because everything's junky all around. Then the service ends up being half-hearted on top of that. And then people don't take it serious because they're looking out and it's like, well, look, your God must not be very great because you've presented junk for him. You presented junk for him. So what ends up happening is, is that you're making a statement that this is all that my God is worth is this junk. Now, I'm not saying you have to go out and buy the most expensive thing. I'm not saying you have to go out and do that. There are financial principles. I get that. But the idea is that you want to do something really nice for God. You want to do something great for God. You want to give him excellence. And when people go and they look on and they see that in your life, they're going to realize that you're making a statement about God with how you're living your life, whether it's it's that idea of working or whether it's that idea of wholeheartedly giving yourself to God, whether it's that idea of going in and it's your time to go into to serve somewhere and you decide to go above and beyond and to do something just tremendous for God. Well, what happens? People look in at your life, they see what's going on, and they say, wow. Either they just ask in general, why do you do it that way? Or they come out and they really do just see, because maybe it's specifically related you know, to God, and they see, wow, your God must be great if you believe he deserves that from you. See, the reality of it is, is that when we start giving junk for Jesus in our life, when we start do- doing stuff and we start going, you know what, it's, it's, just, it's just not a big deal, We're, we, end up, we end up going, and the reality of it is, is that we end up going and making a statement about God, and it's not a good statement about God, it's that he's only worthy of junk as opposed to excellence. And, and I just want to throw this out here because I think that this is important to realize that this is a principle that really, really, really applies to church. You know, you don't want to give God— I mean, that's that's where you're coming together and you're worshiping. So the things that you have in church, you want them to be nice. You don't want them to be just the, the, the leftover junk. You want them to be excellent. Why? Well, it's because you want to make a statement about the excellence of your God, about the greatness of your God. If everything you do is just, you know, junk and it's not near as nice as what I would do in my house, well, what are you saying? You're saying that you are greater than God, that you are worth more than God, that you should be revered more than God. That's a pretty dumb place to be. Don't be there. Don't give junk for Jesus. Give excellence to the Lord. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Nothing we can't overcome So that war you've been fighting Will end in God's timing Sing like the battle's been won 